Mark, hello. You are looking good. Thank you, Ian. I hope I am. I bought a webcam. 1080p. How's it? How's it? You can see all my flaws, right? I can see a few flaws. Uh, you're looking good, though. You're looking uh, HD, man. Thank 4K you. 4K even, perhaps. Thank you. And this, no, no. This was the $40 model, not the $140. So that's, you know. With the soft touch feature? You you mentioned you had a soft no. touch touch feature, so. Yeah, I did not. On? It's not on. This is this is raw. This is the real me. This is the real, the real, yes. the real you, buddy. Yes. And in other news, you, Mr. Ian, have ordered a new computer. I did. I did. And due to the supply chain issues, it should arrive in no less than six to eight weeks. Yeah, it's stuck off the port in uh, LA somewhere. So right? I have, uh, I have February's calendar. I have a few X's where I'd like it to, uh, to arrive, but I'm not sure. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm a little jealous, honestly. Maybe I'll get one in the future. But I guess the the takeaway here is, uh, audience members, we are investing in this. You know, cold hard cash. We're spending our money on webcams, microphones, computers, etc. Right? Yes, we want to deliver a high quality product to you all, and we want you to hear us and see us in high fidelity. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is this is the this is the big the big the big league, so to speak. This is not AAA baseball. No, it's so, quadruple A. So yeah. Yeah, this is quintuple A, if if you would. So yeah. So we want to thank you guys for sticking around and mm-hmm. a lot of great content in the future, a lot of high production audio and visual. And uh and with that, Mark, share with us, if you will, our three stories, please. Yes, sir. Uh tonight we have, or today, whenever you're viewing, the NFL overtime rules, hot topic for the past week. Bingo uh, bango. The 40 hour work week, where it came from, what it means, and Per a request from one of our loyal listeners, we're going to discuss Disney. So beautiful. I'm Mark, and I'm Ian, and this is. Let's get Let's into get it. Into it. So overtime rules for football. So I don't need to remind you guys that. We had the privilege last week of seeing um, some great football. All four games decided the last play. Arguably the best um, weekend of football of all time. Recency people bias, have said perhaps, that, but people have said that, and I think Ooh. I think they're probably true. I mean, these all four games were down to the proverbial wire. Yes. Um, the joke being that the only thing that our poor Josh Allen could have done differently and better was call heads. Right. Uh, I mean, the, the the Chiefs Bills game really highlighted the overtime rules, right? Which, uh, as they state, as of today, uh, the team that receives a kickoff in overtime, if they score a touchdown, boom, bang, boom, game's over, right? That's it. If they score a field goal, the other team gets a chance to have the ball. But as we saw, um, our our bad luck bills there never got a chance. Uh, the <laughs> Chiefs scored a touchdown. So the common refrain from all the football heads in America is that uh, this is unfair, right? This puts too much emphasis on winning a coin flip, which it's by its nature is pure luck, right? It's mm-hmm. it's the most pure luck example we have in our culture, right? Coin mm-hmm. flip. Um, and so, you know, this brings up the fact that, that uh, you know, there's three options perhaps to change the NFL rules, right? Overtime rules. Um, and we're going to go through all three rules and kind of give you guys a taste of what we feel like is perhaps some pros and cons. So the first um, re- common refrain you hear is the spot and shoes rule, right? So this is when one team would choose the yard line or the drive starts and the other team would choose to be offense or defense. 
it's a 10 minute sudden death period. And this rule takes away that coin flip. Okay. Uh, so what do you think about that, Mark? Well, the easiest analogy for me is I always default to food. So basically it's that, oh, there's one piece of cake left. So if I cut the cake, you get to choose the piece that we eat, right? That way it imposes right. me to be as fair as possible. I don't cut a fast slice or in other words, I don't sure, choose sure. the you're, you're yard line at the 10 yard line, most likely. I don't know. Right. So that's how I think of it. Um, the pros, it takes out the coin flip. It takes the luck. That dreaded right? coin flip is gone. It's a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the con, it's just a little bit different than the rest of the game. That's not how we play football. No, play, it'd be, it'd be different. Know? This is, this is kind of a, a clear disjuncture. This is kind of like, okay, you played football. These are those rules. Here's this new rule just for overtime. It'd be a big change. And it, you know, honestly, it's still a little confusing plus, because, it's, because it'd be so new. Right. Plus it still has that sudden death element. Right. So it's still yes. the first score wins game over. Right. First score kind, wins, of, that kind of the current complaint. Sort it does of. not, it does not really remedy our current complaint. Right. So what's the second mark? All right. So that was number one. That's the that was number, one. Rule. Number, number two. two is the field goal gambled. So if the NFL wants to get rid of the coin toss and replace it with an actual skill, my joke to you was basketball, just uh, throw the ball up in the air and see you right, jump ball. Yeah. Have okay, the uh, so, biggest lineman jump in the air, right? right? Can't do a jump ball, I guess, in, in football. Um, but what we could do is the field goal gamble. So mm-hmm. with this rule, the home team would pick a distance for a field goal. And that field goal would then decide who gets the ball first, right? And then the right. away team would decide which team has to attempt the field goal. Did you follow all that? <laughs> It's kind of a mouthful, but I got it. I got okay. it. Okay. So what do you think? Pros and cons. So, I mean, the pros for me are, you know, it's, it's kind of like the first thing, but there's the field goal kick element. So there's um, a skill, a football skill. I like skill, when skills right? brought into place, right? There's, and, and plus mm-hmm. there's a little bit of gambling. There, there's a little bit of gamesmanship, a little bit of game theory. Yes. Where you have to decide, are you going to go for the 70 yard field goal, which no one's going to make probably no. or the 30, which is too short. Maybe. Right. I mean, there's, there's an element of fun and mystery. Uh, the cons though, as you stated, it's, it's even at its base simplest, it's, it's kind of a mouthful still. Um, yeah, I would also kind of joke somewhat seriously that the field goal is the least football associated skill in the game of football. Right. Right. People are going to complain that it's still down to, you know, one player, their foot yeah. is kind of lucky still. And it doesn't change the fact, Mark, and we go back to this every time mm-hmm. that the touchdown still wins the game. Right. You still have potentially one team dominating the entire possession. They get the field goal. They get the ball. They score within three plays. Bada bing, bada boom. It's yes. over, right? So, so both these proposals have the same end result as the current rule. It's just the coin toss got changed, but it's still right. the ending's the same. I think they're interesting, but uh, here's the third one, though. Here's okay, the number third three. One, it's called the simple proposal. Simple. Okay, I hope it's simple. Both teams get the ball. So basically on Sunday... When Kelsey scores that touchdown, the game is not over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Instead, Buffalo's offense get a chance to also score that rebuttal. Once team have one possession each, though, the game would be sudden death. So what do you think about this, Mark? I think of the three, that is my personal opinion, the best option. Uh, it's the most similar to the current scenario. There's still a coin mm-hmm. flip, but both mm-hmm. teams get a chance. Um, is it an improvement over the current system? uh that's debatable obviously for debate yeah um i I think i think i I think i like it i would try it but then again i don't know if it's an improvement what do you think 
I think of the three proposals, this is the best. Yes. Um, I think it's the best mostly because it tries to emulate the college football rules, which college football is the second most popular sport after NFL football. Maybe the most. And and yeah, and people have obviously embraced this to a degree. Yeah. Obviously, college football, they start in like the 20-yard line. So it's yeah. more of like a little boot play. It's not the game, um, it's just a play. We don't want eight right, freaking right. overtimes as exciting as they may be. Right. So I guess my 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 overall take is honestly change nothing. I okay. know that it hurts. I know that it hurts when you're the team that loses the coin flip and loses the game. Yes. But I mean, you had the entire time to win the game regulation, right? Yes. Um, overtime only happens if a team doesn't win. And um, this happened to the Chiefs a few years ago. They were on the wrong side of the did. coin toss, right? Brady, Not on the right side. So Brady beat them. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, does it help to have the ball to start with an overtime? Obviously, it helps. Yes. But we also see that defense wins championships. That's what they say. So, so for me, it's like in overtime, you know, prove, prove it. it, prove the edge, stop, stop them. And then all you do is yeah. field goal, yeah. you know, and then, the, and then the game's over. So I mean, the, the defense is gas, but so is the offense, right? Oh. Right. There's this whole, there's this whole narrative where like the game is so fast that these big offensive linemen are just completely tired. But I mean, everyone's tired. Everyone's running. Everyone's stronger. Everyone's bigger on both sides of the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that overtime is the proverbial, like, let's fix it. Let's move on. Frankly, I don't think any of these three things are going to get us there. No. I think, yes, if you're going to choose one, the simple proposal where both teams get the ball moves us closer to fairness. But I mean, you can still win the game when you don't have the ball to start. And it happens all the time. Yep. So, so I guess the takeaway is if you don't like the rule, then win the game before the fourth quarter ends. Do whatever it takes. All right. I guess. Yeah. Uh. Uh, finance. Our second topic is going to be Mark and the 40 hour work week. Take it away, buddy. Yeah. Let me start with a, a brief history lesson. Okay. Stick with me. All right. Brief, brief. In the beginning during the industrial (laughs) revolution, it was common for people, you and me and all of our peers to work six days a week, 10 to 16 hours. We're talking a hundred hours per week, right? So more than double what we do right now. And in 1817, almost 200 years ago, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Um, Robert Owen had a, a cool phrase that I came across, which was eight hours labor, eight hours recreation, and eight hours rest. Okay. I mean, that math works out. I, that's the full day. <laughs> eight, eight, and eight, right? So, this, you know, he was a labor rights activist, and all the unions started to push for a standard eight hour work week for he decades and decades. Owned, he also owned the, the mill, right? <laughs> yes. So, it's always in the best interest of the business, of course. Sure, right? sure. Um, and in 1866, so 50 plus years after Fast that, quote, a bit. the National Labor Union asked Congress to pass a law mandating the eight hour workday. It wasn't mandated. It didn't happen. But it pushed the idea more mainstream. Right. Gotcha. Let's go ahead. Another 50, 60, 70 years. And in the early 1800s, excuse me, most people still worked six days per week, but closer to eight hours per day instead of the 10 or 12 or 16. Right. Gotcha. And then in 1926, yeah. 94 years ago, a strapping young there. entrepreneur named well, guess, guess Henry Ford. You got it. He's Mr. The only Mr. One, Ford right? himself, right? Mr. Assembly line. He removed one day from the standard work week. So wow, what from a saint, six huh? days to five. Yes. He did it to be a saint. And also because he found it boosted productivity. So working 40 hours a week instead of 48 actually made him more money effectively, right? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so a few years after that, 1938, Congress passes closer. the Fair Labor Standard Act, which required employers to pay overtime to all employees 
worked more than 44 hours per week. And then two years later, it was amended to be 40 hours per week. Anything more than that, you had to pay over time. So in 1940, the 40 hour work week became law. So it's fairly, fairly new in the grand scheme of things. Fairly new, but also in terms kind of US history, it was a long time ago, right? Yes. Anyway, you see a trend over time. We went from, you know, 100 hours a week to eight hours a week to 40 hours a week. So in 1930, the economist Jane Maynard Keith predicted his grandchildren would grow up in a society where technology advanced us so much that people would work a 15 hour work week. 15 hours, the entire 15 week. hours. That was predicted in 1930. And the year is 2022. Ian, how many hours do you work per week? Not three hours a day. <laughs> you wish. We were three hours today on a Saturday, in fact. Oops, right. Anyway. So, um, yeah, not even close. So there's been I mean, lots of studies done, right? So many, many, ago, many, 52, this, perhaps. Yes. The CDC in 2004 published a report. You still with me here? Of 52 applied psychology studies looking at this extended shifts, overtime, 40 hour work week. And across the board, these studies found that working more than 40 hours per week is bad, both for the employers and the employees. What do you think? What do you think they found? What do they cite? I mean, people are more likely to get injured on the job. Yep. Um, mental health. Yep. Physical definitely. health. Definitely. They gained weight. Mm-hmm. Um, they fell ill. Yes. So they those were are not all, alert. Those are all the effects of the people, but also they were less productive. So it was actually less productive for the company to have people work extra hours per week. Right. They weren't getting anything done. They, so it wasn't happening. A century worth of these studies, over 50 employees show that it's not a good thing. And then two years ago, Ian, 2020, enter the pandemic. <laughs> right. So the floor is yours. What's the experience been? So only six years removed from this study that yes. you had cited in 2014. Uh, the pandemic has changed how people and businesses, they, they definitely are reevaluating how people work and how much they work, right? So it took a pandemic to make us look at this again, the society. We are looking at it. Um, I yes. guess my argument here, my sort of my sort of hot take is that, you know, people are not going to the office as much as they used to, right? Especially Fact. these knowledge workers. Mm-hmm. So the, the non-shopkeepers, the non-widget creators and makers, uh, they're becoming accustomed to working remotely, at least part of the time, right? So that's some industries, yeah. They're splitting their time between the office and home. And this is, and everyone's talking about this as the new, the new normal, right? That's what they say. Um, very new. I mean, if you think of the, the long arc of labor history, you know, 2020 to now is the blippest of blips. So this is super new stuff. Um, but, you know, I'm going to argue here in front of you, Mark, in front of our listening audience that, yes, many of us work from home, but we aren't working less. Nope. And furthermore, we're working maybe more. At least because I think hours. I think we don't we haven't we don't have a balance right now. We have the the folks that are near a smartphone and computer, which let's let's be frank, are most people. Mm-hmm. They're always working. They're always on a call. Checking yes, it's possible. Yes, it's possible that they can carve out an hour in the middle of the day for a Peloton ride or a workout or for running an errand or getting their eye appointment. Sure, but we don't know. We we haven't had to work from home like this. Throughout the basically the entire history of work, it's always been you couldn't. <laughs> you get, get your mug of coffee, you get in your car, you drive in, you yeah. clock in, you do your forty hours, and then you're off the clock proverbially, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the pandemic is changing this. I think that um, all the conversations about work from home really should include the fact that uh, the forty hour work week is 
hasn't changed, hasn't shrunk. If anything, we're in danger of just growing it. Yes. Where you're basically always kind of working, always kind of not working. There's this liminal space where you're really not sure what you are, what you're doing. Um, so, I mean, John made your keys, you know, he said this 15 hour work week. <laughs> I mean, uh, what do you think we look in five years, Mark, what does Americans America's working look like to you? Yeah. Unfortunately, my cynical take is in five years from now, the pandemic is over, hopefully. <laughs> and we are working, uh, I would say more than ever. Yeah. I, I think at least that- in this, at least in this country, you know, unless there is like Congress with the Fair Standards, you know, Labor Act of 1940, unless there's legislative action, I and don't even see then, how it changes. And even then it's, it's going right. to take 10, 15 years, right? For yeah. making a real difference, I think. Um, it's just yeah, a, I think- uh, uh, part of our zeitgeist, I suppose, if that's yeah. the correct term, that mm-hmm. if I have a day off and you don't, that means you're working harder than me, right? Is that what right. we think? <laughs> right, we do that. Yeah, we think that way. So- I mean, we want to hear from you guys, though. I mean, yes. everyone's kind of dealing with this in real time. Uh, the new normal, what does it mean to you? Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you're doing, how you're working, and what it means to you. So, uh, you know, huge segue here. Um, we're moving to the wild card topic, right? Yes. And, you know, we, we hit it. We hit us the top of the top of the hour. We had a viewer, dedicated follower viewer, uh, who wanted us to talk about Disney. Um, something that we, we said, great, this is awesome. So today what we're going to do is talk about Disney films during our childhoods, yes, right? So Disney is a huge scope. So we're, yes, it we're down. not going to do, we're not, we're going to really narrow down, drill down on childhood, Disney, our youth, yes. we're 35 year old people. So what does that look like, Mark? So what that looks like is we were lucky, man. We grew up during this Disney Renaissance, right? I would the call it the, the Disney songs, if I may. The Disney songs, yes. For for here on out, we're gonna call it the Disney songs. Rolls off the tongue. So it doesn't roll off the tongue super well for me, but we're gonna go with it. Anyway, so what this is, this is the greatest era in Disney movies. I mean, okay. bar none. This is the 89 to 99, so a solid, solid decade mm-hmm. um, where Disney produced some of their most critically and commercially successful. So both they, they were, they were beloved by critics and audiences alike. Double whammy. And you know, these are your films. The little mermaid started off 89. That was my first film I saw in theaters. That was your first film. You know that? Yeah. Oh yes. I know that. Oh my goodness. You just dropped that on me. I I don't know mine. That was 89. So, um, you got beauty and the beast, Aladdin, I mean, lion King, Pocahontas. I mean, Mm -hmm. these are the bangers. Mulan, some Mulan, sorry, I mispronounced that. Tarzan, I mean, you know, Tarzan's kind of, what's that? I'm just trying to pronounce Hercules goofy now. So Her- yeah, Hercules, Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. Uh, so we have basically Little Mermaid and Tarzan are our bookends. Okay. That's our decade. 89, right? 99, yeah. Yeah, so that's, so those are some amazing pieces of cinema. Uh, yeah, my wife's favorite movie uh, has always been and still is Beauty and the Beast. She's always told me that. And of course, I assume that she means she is, she's Belle, she's the beauty, which makes me question how she thinks of me. Does that make me, uh, let's not go there. Um, yeah, let's not go there, but you are looking good right now, buddy. Thank this, you. A little, this webcam is doing you all I kinds know, of favors. A little haggard, but well, so um, what are your favorite films from this period? I <laughs> and, mean, for me, yeah. for me, there's, there's this moment where like, when I looked at, when I did, did some research on this, I, I couldn't believe that we had boom, boom, back boom. to back to back bangers. We had. Mm-hmm. Being the Beast in 91, Aladdin 92, Lion King 94. So, yes. you know, within three quick years, we have some of the most iconic, memorable characters, songs, 
I mean, um, as we're doing this story, I can incredible. hear Mulan's Let's Get Down to Business in my head, right? You love that one. Maybe man. change I'm, the lyrics so to glad. How about this? Let's get into it instead. I don't know. Let's get into it. Yeah, we could do that. We'll we could do that next episode. Yeah. yeah. So you so you asked a good question though. What makes these movies so special? Mm-hmm. I think there's three or four things, right? Um, great characters, great characters, super realized. Uh, Mufasa, Jafar, the Beast. I mean, they are so well envisioned. Yes, yeah, nice uh, you flawed, can really, you can understand heroes, these characters, right? Aladdin yeah, is not heroes. A, yeah, you know, fully fully rendered three D characters um, who sang about their emotions. Mm-hmm. So Disney took a D- Disney took back. They 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 looked at what what made good musicals, and they and they, they discovered that when you sing about your emotions, when you further the plot and the narrative through these soaring operatic songs everyone just gets super into it right yes so i mean you have great characters great songs and then my final piece which this one just hits me is the backdrops i mean aladdin you have the middle east i mean you so know, the, the places the east, it yeah. takes you it's like you were exposed to a yeah. whole new world or something right couldn't say better myself yeah, i mean sorry. lion king plains of africa yes uh i mean you have Tarzan, the jungle, Pocahontas, like the, the new world. Like they all do a great job of like a totally different epoch in history. Mm-hmm. And it is, they just dive in. Um, and so, you know, for me, that's kind of why I gravitate towards these movies. What about you, Mark? I mean, you said everything. Uh, if I could jump slightly ahead to modern day, we're still getting this with some movies um, like Moana and Encanto. It's the same magic for the same reasons, right? They're so you, doing a yes. They're you don't doing a great job. You don't always have to have the music. And my example is Disney Pixar's Toy Story, also mm-hmm. incredible. Um, but maybe it doesn't stick in your memory the same way because those songs are not playing in the back of your head, right? I think that's fair. I mean, I think what those movies do really well. I mean, Toy Story. I mean, the characters are phenomenal. I mean, Woody and Buzz, and even like the Slinky and the Barbie. The whole panoply of characters are so lovingly rendered. Yes. And I mean, there's so much genuine heart and soul that goes into it. I mean, we have kids. We watch a lot of animated movies and, you know, most of them are just completely throwaway forgettable movies. Yes. A lot there's of no garbage. soul. There's, there's, there's nothing in there. Right. I mean, we could do a whole story on Pixar itself, yes, but I think could. you're right that you don't need the musicals, but man, it helps. It just, everybody gets lifted up. It's just like you get moved. You're just, it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's great. So I like musicals a lot. So for me, you know, coming up, coming of age, Disney wise during the Renaissance, Disney songs, I think it just kind of, it just kind of ingrained that even more deeply within me. Um, but I'll be honest, every time there's a, there's a movie out, I mean, I will see it. I will mm-hmm. digest it. I will try my best to like it. And, you know, Moana and Encanto are, are two examples of ones that I think do a good job. I don't know if they, hit the same high notes as your Aladdin time will tell. I think we have to wait 10 or 20 years, honestly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think I, they're very musically based, Mm -hmm. which I think for a lot of kids and adults, I think, you know, that's their bread and butter. That's like what they're looking for. They're looking for those jazzy songs Yep. and good characters, man, characters, characters, characters. And we're not going to talk about all the sequels. We're not going to talk about live action. That's a discussion for another day. Yes. We're just going to remember I the mean, beauty we... of the Disney songs and Disney songs. Uh, ask you, are we going to, are we going to drop a poll this weekend? Yeah. So we want to ask you guys mm-hmm. uh, what your favorite Disney movie of the nineties is. So 
we'll post that. There's a lot of great options. There's there's going to be, I think, it, it, it'll be close, I think, Mark. I think it'll be really close. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Really so close. Definitely check out the Facebook page this week. We'll leave a link in the description. Yes, the please stay engaged. Below. We will be right there with you. Um, yeah. Any final recaps? thoughts? No, any final thoughts? I mean, Disney? final thoughts. I mean, I think that the one thing that we both agree on is the live action movies are kind of a waste of resources. Yeah. Um, make something original, please. Make something original. I mean, you have the talent. You have the people that are, I think, really interested in making new material. Yeah. Do it. I mean, let's let them do it. Uh, it's a disservice to the old stuff. Um, none of the live actions hold a candle to the new stuff or to the old stuff rather. Definitely. And uh, I don't think Mark, that'll change. I don't, I don't think it'll change. No. Uh, to the recaps. Okay. Uh, NFL overtime. Everyone deserves a second chance. Let both <laughs> teams touch the ball, but also just win the game in 60 minutes, please. Right? Just do your job. Yeah. Just do your job. Uh, number two, work and society evolve, but our grandchildren will still be working more than 15 hours per week in the future. Sorry, Mr. Keys. And uh, finally, great content lives forever, just like in this podcast. Um, so what do you think? Should we do a musical? Are you saying 10? that we're going to be doing a musical number next time? Maybe. I don't know. Just no to green ourselves in the yeah. memories of our, of, our, of our fans? Maybe. Let's see how much engagement we get on that poll, I guess. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Ian. Where can our audience find us? So as some of you guys know, which we are very, very grateful for, we're, in, we're on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, Spotify, and we're going to post throughout the week. So look, you know, on Facebook, check out for some, some, some posts, some polls, some new things. Uh, we want to hear from you guys, though. Today we had a great story, we hope, on Disney that came from a caller, a viewer. And uh, most oh. importantly, if you like this content, uh, tell someone about us. Let them know that we exist and we're here for you guys. All those cliches, like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate it. We're trying to grow. So smash that button, man. Yeah. Uh, so this has been, let's get into let's it. Get into it. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a research report, financial or life advice, and does not constitute an endorsement of any product, service, individual, or organization.